Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the best fantasy tools in the game. Uh, whether you are prepping for your draft with Mark Roberts' projections, uh, want to customize those projections, or if even you want to import your Yahoo League so you could do some trade analytics, so you can um, make your own determination on uh, how good your team is going to be this year. All that, uh, along with definitely the best interactive uh, schedule for you weekly players out there, all you head-to-head players out there. Uh, the best weekly schedule they got on the internet, period. And um, basically all that's uh, for free. So go check it out, hashtag basketball.com. I'll be using a lot of that in uh, my leagues this year. I am your host, Mike Katrin. Joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, how many GMs in the NBA do you think are using trade analytics? Um, not enough. That you can be ahead. You can be a better better fantasy GM than a real NBA GM. My, my guess is uh, Boston, Houston, and maybe uh, nobody else. Oh, no. I think some of these other teams definitely are, but I think some of them definitely aren't, too. Yeah, actually... Um... Hilaralo Bob, the uh, the NBA sports gambler, who um, is a very good Twitter presence. He actually just got signed to run the analytics department at uh, I forget which team it was, but it was the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, the Mavericks! I, yeah, the Mavericks are a forward-thinking organization. Uh, I'm not sure head of analytics is a position at um, in Sacramento. I'm just gonna just gonna I I just don't think it's listed yet yeah. uh I, I would have so many things to say about that but i, I feel like that'll just take us down a whole rabbit hole we don't want to get into today yeah it, it certainly will so let's just get right into it uh we've gone through our entire 30 teams in 30 days preview if you guys listen to that yeah, god bless that was a lot of content to get through we've also gotten through our who do i draft segments uh all of that stuff should help you prepare for the draft, we've been doing that over the last few months. But finally, we have real basketball. We have real box scores. We have real proof of life when it comes to NBA basketball. And that is exactly what we are going to talk about today. We mentioned a lot in our team previews whether or not we that you got to wait till preseason to make those final adjustments. And I think we've gotten through. There's still some preseason left. But we've seen, I think, an, enough in this last week or so to start making some of those preseason adjustments. And that's exactly what we plan on doing today, Tyler. Um, we are going to go through, uh, kind of base it off of the tiers that uh, I put out there on our Patreon. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Those roto tiers out there, those are free. Even if you're not subscribing, you can go out to patreon.com slash watching the boxes and check out the tiers that I did for 
uh, roto leagues, roto rankings. I don't, I don't do a straight ranking. I do it in tiers because I just think that's a better way to prep for your draft. Some of these guys are very interchangeable, or at least the value, the impact that their team that they'll bring to your team is interchangeable. So that's why I like to rank it in tiers. The rest of that content on Patreon is exclusive to our Patreon subscriber subscribers. Shout out to all our new Patreon subscribers. Definitely want to give a shout out to our newest Patreon subscriber, Arcellus. Uh, respect to you. Thanks for joining and subscribing to the Patreon. You will be entered uh, as one of our very last guys that we could get into one of our listener leagues. So respect to you, uh, Marcellus Tucker. If you want to get in a listener league, last chance, literally. If you're listening to this right now, this is your last chance to get into a listener league. Join patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Subscribe and we can get you into one of those last second listener leagues. If not, we might have a surprise for you midway through the season. We might have a mid-season um, listener league pop up. Uh, just That's a possibility. We're just throwing it out there. Uh, but we're going to go from top to bottom. We're going to start at the top of your draft, the, the best players available, rounds one through who knows how many we'll get through. And we're just going to go through and see if we've made any adjustments based on what we've seen this preseason. Uh, Tyler, are you ready, ready to get into this? Uh, let's do it. All right. I mean, I feel like these first few rounds are going to go pretty quickly. Those are the most, uh, those are the rounds that are, we're we're pretty confident in who we have uh, available and what their ranking is going to be from year to year. But we'll just start with round one. Tyler, is there anybody in round one that you've had to make even a minor adjustment? These probably aren't going to be major adjustments, but uh, even a minor adjustment. Um, so for my round one, no, not really. I'm, I'm pretty set in stone on my round one. Um, on Yahoo, Victor Oladipo is the last pick in round one. Um, that's not a pick I would make. I think that's picking someone at their absolute ceiling. So um, I would take Paul George. I would probably even take Simmons and Embiid over Oladipo. Um, I just don't think Victor Oladipo should be a first-round pick. I think you're buying high on a player who probably had the best season of his career last year. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be hard for him to improve at all. And we do talk about that quite a bit. Uh, we got him you know, healthily in, in, in the second round, uh, still in that top half of the second round. I'm actually making – I'm going to go ahead and make an adjustment. I, I did say this all year. Um, once I see Kawhi Leonard committed to playing basketball and playing healthy, I'm considering him as one of the uh, kind of tier one players. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and put him in that tier one. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say if you got Kawhi Leonard hanging around at pick ten, pick eleven, pick twelve, I think you got to take him. I think he's a first round player. He's a top five talent when it comes to fantasy, especially if you're in a roto league. Uh, I, I think he's going to put together a really good season. Yes, there is an injury risk there. Yeah, you could uh, hedge on that, but by the time you get to Pick 11, pick 12, being able to get a top five guy is is pretty much worth it. Oh, I think if you're in the top eight, if, at least if I'm in the top eight, one of the top eight is going to be Kawhi Leonard, I think. Um, Kawhi Leonard's probably eight, so maybe not, right? I might Someone else might reach down there, and I might still uh, go somebody over Kawhi Leonard. But, I mean, Harden, Davis, Giannis, Curry, Towns, Durant, and then, you know, kind of Kawhi and LeBron are kind of a toss-up, depending on which way you want to go and what what kind of league it is uh, for me. So, yeah, I mean, you got to 
really believe in Kawhi. I think he looks healthy. He has no reason to sit out this year, right? He wants to make money. If you miss two straight seasons, like, sure, someone might still give him the max, but not every team's going to want to give him the max. If he comes out and plays great this year, yeah, he's, pretty much every team's going to want to give him that max contract, right? He's playing for a max contract, and I think that's going to uh, allow him to return to his uh, previous MVP-esque performances. And, you know, that player really is just an incredible fantasy player. And this dude's going to be feasting on the East, just feasting on him. So, like, even if he's only at, like, 85%, he's playing against 85% as good competition. So that, that to me, is worth taking a chance on at the end of that first round. Let's talk about uh, rounds two and three. There have been uh, a couple notable injuries that we have talked about in the past, but we might want to rehash that. Russell Westbrook, Devin Booker, both not going to be ready for the season to start. Uh, But let's just jump into it. Is there anybody in round two and three, uh, including the injury guys, that uh, you've made uh, any consideration in changing their rankings drastically from where you've had them just based on their preseason? So I, I, I'm not scared about Booker at all. I think, you know, he's already shooting. He's going to be back relatively right away. Um, obviously, he may miss a few games. He might not still. And they have a week. Would it be crazy if they ran Booker out there for 25 minutes in the first game? Like, I don't think it would. Um, so I'm not super worried about that. Um, as far as injuries goes, I'm not terribly worried about any of these guys in these, you know, second and third rounds. Um think most of them are just kind of preseason knocks not really real injuries so I'm not super super worried there um I've been impressed by Kyrie Irving I've been impressed by all the things about the injury that I've read um I think we talked about in the preview where I I said I'd probably be real interested in the third round but I'd be a little scared in the second um I've moved him ahead of some of these guys the Kyle Lowry types and he's kind of firmly entrenched in my second round now but other than that, I mean, I, I feel pretty confident about my, at least my set of rankings, right? Like, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Guys like Bradley Beal, I don't want him at 22. Like, that's just too high. But um, I feel like my rankings really haven't changed much in that second and third round area. Yeah, that's fair. I think a lot of these guys, we know who they are. Uh, the Russ thing does give me a little bit of pause. I'm letting him drop a little bit further. I maybe bump him down three or four spots. I probably had him as a – early second round player. Now he's probably a late second round player for me. Um, I like, I'm still real confident in Rudy Gobert. I already had him kind of high and as a mid second round player, I would take him as a mid second round player. He's just, he's the last great center you're going to be able to get. Uh, That might be too high for some other people, but I do not care about those people. Um, And then, you know, I think, this the Milwaukee team, and maybe I'll even talk about Giannis, but like under Bud Milwaukee, uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton, I'm just I'm just liking that system that they're in. We we did say like, oh, they're gonna get a a knockdown. Like Bud doesn't play his players, you know, 35, 36 minutes, and that's true. But I feel like the system that they're in is gonna help improve their performance to make up for that uh, de- uh, um, decrease. In minutes per game, so I'm I'm less skeptical about Giannis and Chris Middleton, and also we've seen Giannis step into some threes um, here in the preseason. And if that 
is something that's going to be um, consistent, then Giannis is going to be either a top 1A player or he's going to be the best player in the league. If he, if he's hitting one and a half to close to two three-pointers a game, I'm not saying he's there yet. No Signs aren't even close to saying that he is a two three-pointer a game type of player, but if he can even get to like 1.4, 1.5, you know, I think you want to start looking at him uh, as as a top five pick, like hundred percent. If you were if you were considering not taking Giannis as a top five pick, yeah, that's all fair. Um, I'll, I'll say this: in in that Budenholzer system, I think Middleton on totals is probably a top twenty player, and Eric Bledsoe is probably a top thirty player. So they got three top thirty players, um, which is not that common. No, it is. That is definitely uh, not common at all. Um, Paul George probably should get a bit of a bump here. I, I'm not going to like I'll take see. him any earlier, but like he's going to with Westbrook out, he is going to be running that team. And he's the he's last player in my first round, so I mean, like, yeah. I, I felt like I really couldn't bump him up anymore. Like, he is literally the twelfth player on my board. Um, so yeah, you really, got, yeah, I think this that was a good place to take him anyway it's just that now you're gonna get like probably even better value out of him for the first couple months that's that's really nice to see yeah he's just a great player too i mean say what you want yeah he is fantastic let's talk about uh round three round four uh we're getting into the 30s to the 50s now we're starting to get uh into a bunch of players where uh, their their values are pretty similar. Um, your Demar Derozan's, Lamarcus Aldridge's, um, Tobias Harris, Eric Bledsoe. Uh, you got your Denver guys, Jamal Murray and, and Gary Harris. Uh, Alf Horford is hanging out around there as well. Is there anything that you've seen in the preseason that has changed your mind about any of these players? Um. So yeah, actually, like two or three guys here. So okay. Um, that's, that's going to be fun. So we mentioned Blitzo. Um, yeah. I think the arrow there is pointing firmly up. Um, Gary Harris obviously got over that kind of preseason injury, played in the in the last couple of preseason games, or at least last preseason game. I think he's supposed to play in the last one. Um, so that concern kind of went away, right? Um, and I mentioned this the last time, right? Even when we see, like, some of these guys and they're sitting out the preseason games, like, it's never too worrying until we get to this point. And if they're still sitting out, then it's a little bit scary. Um, I think all concerns are going there. Um, so uh, another guy, uh, two other guys here, three other guys, I'll say, three guys okay. right in a row. Uh, Mike Conley, feel a lot better about him staying healthy, right? He's on the court. He's playing. He's yeah, I think up. a lot of people were, at least some people that I've talked to have been saying, oh, I'm going to avoid him with the injury. And then you got the other camp who's like, this guy's a really great player. I'm gonna, I'm gonna snag him for sure. He's falling too far, and uh, I think I've switched camps. I'm now in the this guy's falling too far. He looks healthy. All reports out of uh, the Grizzlies camp is that he is, um, you know, running at all cylinders right now. Uh, he's looked pretty good in the minutes that he's played here in preseason. So I, I'm not, uh, I'm really not against. Uh, taking him in, uh, you know, the the end of the third, fourth round, if he's still there. Yeah, and I mean, we'll probably have this conversation at some point partway through the season. As an aging point guard, if he's playing well, do you sell high 
Um, that's always a possibility too. I think Conley, at least at the beginning of the season, is going to rebuild his value enough to uh, be worthy of that kind of pick. Um, same same story with Gordon Hayward. I think he's looked good. I think that whole Celtics team, even though they're not winning, right, you see that they could be real special. I yeah, think Hayward's going to score a lot. So, I mean, I I'm pretty feel pretty confident with him too. The, the Anybody winning or losing in preseason doesn't bother me at all. What I did um, find interesting to see is that Boston rotation with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Hayward, Horford, and Kyrie all playing at the same time. That seems to be the starting lineup that they are going to go for. Uh, I think what I think what that does is does kind of bump Al Horford down for me. And Al Horford's probably a little bit later than the third, fourth round. But we're talking about this kind of general area where Al Horford is probably going to go in a center, um, you know, run that usually happens in the fourth round for most snake drafts. And um, I think I'm just a little down. Uh, Horford's probably going to do a lot of facilitating. So if you're looking for that assist center, uh, I'd probably take Al Horford over uh, Marcus Soul. But if I was hoping to get, um, you know, extra production out of Al Horford from last year, I the signs are pointing to no, in my opinion, other than assists. See, I, I mean, I think – Sometimes that's a double-edged sword, and and in, in a lot of my drafts, like Horford's falling outside the top fifty. Yeah, that's way too far. And at that point, right? Like, okay, so maybe his production does go down a little bit. And they, I think you mentioned it, right? Like, if he got five assists a game, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's a big boost to his value. And so, I think you know he, he it's kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah, the production might go down a little bit, but he's also falling a lot, and probably too much. And the last guy I'll mention is DeAndre Jordan. Um, obviously, this is more for a, a league where you're going to punt your free throws. But I think Jordan could be in the competition with uh, Andre Drummond this year for leading the league in rebounds. I think he's going to get a few more blocks than he did last year, um, just the way this Mavericks team is going to play. And I think DeAndre Jordan could be pushing up there. If you are punting free throws, he's probably – like he got the punt on, he's probably a top 15 player. Yeah, I think you're right about that. DeAndre Jordan uh, had really no motivation to play last year, and he's been a name in the league for literally ever. Probably people are a little bit tired of him, and with that kind of a, a down year last year compared to his normal years, people are like, oh, maybe he's just aging. And uh, I think the motivation of playing with a new team, new system – and uh, definitely a better coach. Well, and the motivation to get another big contract, man. He only signed yeah. a one-year deal with Dallas, so um, he's going to want to show out, I think. I think that 100% matters. Uh, there's uh, a sentiment out there. I, I don't really agree with this sentiment. There's a sentiment out there that people in contract years, it doesn't matter. Some play well, good and some play bad. And I actually think most that the most that you care about most of them play good. They know what they're playing for. They know the type of money that they can get. And someone like DeAndre Jordan is is a like you know suspect number one who well, is going to play his ass off to get that contract. I think it's it's just like anything, right? That sometimes that for certain players, I think it gets in their head, and then they maybe they think about it too much and they play worse because they're trying to 
ooh, I got to get this rebound and I'm fighting my teammate for it. And yeah. ooh, I got to make the shot because I got to. I feel like those are always the mediocre players, though. Oh, yeah. Then that's exactly what I was just going to say, right? That's usually the. I mean, I don't have a player in mind. Justin really. Holiday. How about that? Yeah. Like those guys can maybe they try to do too much and that, that hurts them. Um, Bari Parker. That guy looks like a trash person right now. He is terrible. He's rounding the floor, man. A lot of those guys with the ACL it's, don't play well for It a while. is early uh, for Jabari, but uh, that actually means he'll probably fall to like even further in the draft than he already has fallen. And that, that's still a good value there at those last couple of rounds for Jabari Parker, I think. Yeah, and you got to remember, like, just because he's not good for the first month, that's not a write-off of your season. That's a good time to buy low. Yeah. What about Kevin Love so far and his place on the Cavaliers? I've liked uh, the fact that it looks like I, I don't think you need to be a um, you know a head of analytics for the uh, Dallas Mavericks to figure out that Kevin Love. Uh, the entire offense would run around Kevin Love in Cleveland. Uh, but I've, I really like the fact that he seems pretty confident in his role. Um, he does seem pretty excited to have that lead role in uh, Cleveland. And I've liked the fact that uh, Seti Osmond's getting a lot of minutes. I think Seti Osmond should probably get picked up Ooh. or drafted in, in most leagues at this Michael, point. We are going to do some bold predictions later. Oh, and I have a great one for Mr. Seti well, Osmond. Don't don't leave the people hanging. Just give us your bold prediction for Seti Osmond right now. This is one of my boldest predictions, I would say, for the night, and that is Seti Osmond is a top seventy-five player this season. Wow, that that is a bold prediction. You I heard it. um, I think you that's really solid. That's a solid bold prediction, though. He looks like he could be pretty good, and uh, I think if. If he's, I'd pick him around that hundred to hundred and ten range. I think he's a must pick at that point. I'm not waiting until my last pick to pick him up. Somebody yeah. else is going to. Well, I would say know your league, right? How tuned yeah. in are some of these people to the Cavs? How tuned in are some of these people to what's going on? Um, if you're in a league where maybe guys are just picking up any old random Joe's cheat sheet, I mean, is Seti Osman on it? I don't know, man. What do you think about uh, Larry Nance's role so far this uh, preseason? Is he, you know, per game, per 36, he is kind of an interesting across the board, like steals blocks kind of guy. Uh, could be a little frisky, but his role on the Cavs, I'm still unsure about. Me too. Um, I'll say that. Um, so for some of these players, right, they play 20, 22, 25 minutes a game and, then they do bounce up to 30, but a lot of them keep playing that similar role. And I just have a feeling Larry Nance might be one of those players. Now he's still good. Like he's a real good permanent producer. So even in 25 minutes a game, he's still good and and worth owning probably, but I'm real scared that he doesn't take any kind of big leap that he's just kind of what we've seen in the past. Yeah. I've been more confident in George Hill's position on this team it feels like they they feel pretty safe with him on the floor as a facilitator well, and, and as kind of a, I think, right? I mean, yeah. they just they need someone that can make some plays. And you mentioned Osmond and you mentioned Love, but I mean, what team's got two ball handlers now? Just two ball handlers, right? Like most teams have three, four, five. Um, 
yeah, I think George Hill's got to fill that role for them. Yeah, so I think they're going to be leaning pretty heavy on George Hill. So anybody who's kind of worried about his role here and him being undraftable, I think I'm not like I'm not excited about warning George Hill. I do think he'll be a standard league relevant player. Should probably be owned on a team somewhere in in a twelve team league, but. Uh, George Hill, I think we know who George Hill is, right? You know, he's he could be a top eighty kind of guy if he's going to be playing twenty eight to thirty two minutes a night. Cool, like that's not anything to uh, bet the farm on, but it's also a guy if you need him, he's there. He's going to be consistent. And I'll say this too, as far as like point guard types who are going to get you even middle of the road assists with a good stat line, like late in the draft, he's one of the last guys available, right? Like you're looking around in that same general area and the point guard looks are not good. No, you're buying a backup or you're buying George Hill. You know what I mean? That is a hundred percent true. So you might need to go get George Hill. Let's talk about uh, the center run, the second center run that's out here. And I'm going to, I'm going to include miles Turner, even though miles Turner is in that first, center run without Horford and and Marcus Soule and all them like Miles Turner has looked very good in 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 preseason his stats might not be anything to uh, fall out of your seat about in the boxes but if you're watching uh he looks lean he looks ready to play he he looks very um I mean he just looks super athletic at this point it looks like he's been in the gym uh, working his face off and guy every anytime you see like legitimately visually see a drastic difference in someone's body type that means something whether it's the uh miles turner looks smaller than he's ever looked or jabari parker looks like he's been uh taking a lot of naps like i think that matters i think that's one of those things you can pick up in preseasons certain guys play themselves into the season every year and that's perfectly fine but there's a huge difference between uh what miles turner looked like last year and what he looks like this year yeah and uh then the narrative for some people is oh well sabonis is going to take his minutes and sabonis might even start over him by the end of the season like it's important to remember miles turner is part of the like 35 players on team usa demontis sabonis is not yeah, <laughs> Sabonis was not invited to any any country's uh, uh, international team. I'm pretty yeah, sure. So, pretty sure. Don't quote uh, me on that. Um, so to I just think the dude is super talented, and he didn't have a great year last year. And I don't know that he takes a huge quantum leap forward, but I think he's just a real good player, and he's real good at what he does. Um. I, I, what we wanted last year, right, was for him to take kind of the larger scoring role, and I, I just don't think maybe that's his game. Like, he's maybe just not a big-time scorer, and that's okay. Yeah, I think that is perfectly fine that if he's not going to step up and be the main scorer on that Indiana team, they don't need it. Uh, that yeah. That's just not what is um, required from from them at this point. But um, I think that that leap that he was supposed to take last year, um, that I think he he is due for. You know, I think he could uh, end up basically meeting the expectations that he was supposed to meet last year by being like a top twenty, uh, top twenty five, top thirty player. 
Um, if if you want to, if that's a if that's a bold prediction, I'm going to make it. Uh, Miles Turner will be a top thirty player this year. That's boldish, I would say. Like it's not like crazy, right? Enough, right? It's, it's bold. It's bold. It's bold. Bold enough. Uh, but I did want to talk about the other uh, our our uh, our sleepers, our sle- the the guys who everyone thinks are sleepers. Uh, they're not sleepers, guys. They're just not. Uh, Jared Allen and John Collins. How uh, how has their preseason affected the way you feel about them going in this fifty to sixty range? So, I mean, Jared Allen's been blocking everything, right? If, if you're an NBA Twitter guy, you can't scroll through your Twitter a day on the Nets play that you don't yeah, see Jared think, Allen just swatting everything. Yeah, I think I was personally a little down <laughs> on Jared Allen. I didn't think he would be that good. And, I, you know, I guess I was, I was like John Collins would have a much better season this year. And now I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. But here's what I think think is important to remember and this is what i'll say so per game averages okay he was 166 last year if you took an eight cat 142 if you look at nine cat he played 20 minutes a game okay so that's not that's not good and if you're saying oh he's going to play a lot more blah 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 whatever whatever okay you want to guess his per 36 minute averages um i'm going to say they're in the, the 80 range. His per 36-minute average for 8-cat was 70. Oh, okay. That's not per, in the 40 range. That's... And his per 36-9-category ranking was 54th. Okay. So you're picking this player still at his absolute ceiling. Yeah, definitely. Um, Which is... Your choice. I mean, you can do that, and you can still win your league by picking Jared Allen. Like, don't let me tell you you can't. But I just don't think there's any value in that pick. I mean, I think it's fine. It's it's cool. Like, he, I don't think he's any better than the 55th best player, and I'm still worried about him getting a ton of burn. I'm I'm less worried about that now, actually, after this preseason. Well, I mean, um, it depends too. Like, what do you consider a lot of minutes? Like, if you consider thirty a lot of minutes, then yeah, he's got a shot to get that. Yeah, but I like, think I if think it's a 32, 30. 33, 34 that some of these other centers get. Like, don't see that one happening. I think he's going to play thirty minutes. I think that team knows who they are, right? I I think that team knows that they are a bunch of uh, random players who happen to play in Brooklyn, and. For some reason, I, I was kind of leaning on. I was like, John Collins is definitely like, he's going to start. He's going to play good minutes, and, and I'm not sure about Jared Allen's playing time. I've actually kind of done a 180 on both of them. Uh, Jared Allen, I don't really feel like he's going to have any competition on that team for his minutes. Uh, and now that Alex Lynn seems to uh, be playing a lot more in this preseason. And you got uh, the eventual return of Dwayne Dedman on Atlanta. You might actually see John Collins' time not be as uh, solidified as, as I once thought. And so yeah. I think I actually might switch these guys in my rankings. I don't have them in that 50 range. That's that's still too high to me. But I'm actually thinking like, you know, in that 60, 70 range, uh, I think I'd still re- – I think I'm going to switch Jared Allen over John Collins at this point. And a lot of it depends on your league too. And they were both. Uh, I'll read you John Collins's uh, per thirty-six minute numbers if you. If you I want. I like John Collins's fantasy game better, for sure. 
I'm just more confident it, now in Jared Allen's uh, minutes per game. In nine cat, he actually ranked 58, so he was lower. Uh, Jared Allen's 54th, but in eight cat, he was a little bit better. He was 63rd last year per 36 minutes. Um, so yeah, so we. I mean, I, I think that that underscores my point. And my point is, like, these guys weren't per, top 50 players per 36 minutes. Like to say that they're gonna get all these minutes, like even if they're playing the same minutes as some of these other players, like they're still not top 50 guys. So I, I just don't really see picking them there, but I'm with you. Like in that 60, 70 range, if they would happen to fall, like they're not the worst picks. And I mean, they're fine. Just they're not sleepers and they're not, they don't think they have this like huge top 20 upside. I think they're no. just guys. They're guys to pick who are good players, but they're, they're just guys at the end of the day. They're being drafted too high for sure, but if uh, if I had to go with one, I'm going to go with Jared Allen now, which I didn't think I would say a, a week or so ago. I don't think I would have said that. Uh, let's. T- I want to talk about Terry and Prince and Josh Richardson, two guys that uh, we kind of consider very similar players that you were always kind of looking at in this 50 to 60, 70 range. And uh, both of those guys, I think, are getting a, a, a bit of hype. Uh, some people are taking him in the top 50. And I get it. You know, I, I think I, I, looking at uh, how they've been playing this preseason and the kind of uh, game both of those guys have, um, top fifty, I think, is in their um, is in their potential. Like their, their ceiling is definitely above top being a top fifty player. And I've been pretty impressed with um, both of them, and especially. Um, in this latest uh, Heat game, let me see if I can bring up this score. Um, so, the, well, this this game was a little weird because, like, I think the uh, Anthony Davis was out. They're playing the Pelicans, and obviously, there's been uh, rumors that uh, Bam Adebayo, Josh Richardson would be betrayed for Jimmy Butler, and uh, those guys, the, Richardson and Adebayo, like, put on a like. Hall of Fame performance against the Pelicans. Uh, Adebayo finished the game with 26. Yeah, but I mean, okay. Like, you can read the line if you want, but... I am. I'm trying to. Uh, Who who played? Who was was in the front court for the Pelicans? Well, this is what I'm just throwing out here. Is that those two guys seem like they... If given the opportunity... They will be ready, especially Richardson. I'm a, le- a little less concerned about Adebayo, uh, who I still think has a lot of uh, potential, but is, is still very raw. But uh, I think Richardson, if you're looking for someone who might be a breakout candidate before the preseason, I was a little, I was pretty questionable on oh. that. And now in, in, in the mid preseason, I could see him as someone who breaks into the top 50, uh, not a top 20 player, not a Donovan Mitchell type of breakout but uh, a guy who could end up uh, being a really good steal in the sixth or seventh round. Oh, uh, I I think last year even we saw Bam kind of kick people's butts. Here's the other thing I'll say about these two guys, and and we can talk Richardson if you want. So I think people miss the boat on these two a little bit. So Richardson, no matter what league you played in, he was 31st in nine cat on totals and 36th in eight cat. So He's already fantastic. Right, so to be picking him at 65, like that's a little bit just too low. I definitely think this is a top 50 player. If you look on per game, it was 53 and 58, uh, nine cat and an eight cat. 
there was also this big narrative at the beginning, like right at the start of training camp where I think it was Pat Riley said it first, but it might've been Spolstra. Um, they said, we want Josh Richardson to score 18 points a game. And I thought to myself like, well, okay, he scored 13 last year. Like that's a huge jump. Probably not going to happen. Yeah, good luck. Well, then the other one said it, right? So I can't remember if it was Riley first or Spolstra, but then the other one came out and said it. We want Josh Richardson to score 18 points a game. Then Josh Richardson himself said, yeah, my goal is to score 18 points a game. Yeah, they're on message in Miami. Well, but you you got to feel like they're telling this guy, you need to score more. You need to score more. You need to shoot the ball more. You need to score more. So we're talking he was already on totals, a top 35 player, even an eight cat, a top 36 player, even in eight cat leagues. And now he's going to score even a point or two more a game. That's pretty interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a guy I think you should definitely be targeting. While, um, you know, I, th- I think prior to the preseason, I wasn't as high on him. But I, I think now I've definitely bumped him up in, in, in what I would consider my own personal rankings. Yeah, and the, the worry for me for a little bit was the, the guard slash wing slash small forward uh ness of that heat team right they got waiters they got way yeah, they, they just got had this, too they... many bodies out there right but I, I feel like the heat are circling josh richardson as the guy who should play 32 33 34 minutes so i i feel real comfortable picking josh richardson even inside the top 50 um i think what he did last year now he played 81 games so if you bump that down to like 77 he probably falls to like 45 but as far as totals for last year, but that's still really, really good, and that's still inside the top 50. So, yeah, picking Richardson inside the top 50 seems like a wise move. Um, Torian Prince is kind of the same story. He, he wasn't quite as good on the per-game values, but if you if you play in an eight-cat league last year, he finished 45th on totals. Now, granted, he played every game. Um, he didn't – he had, like, a really up-and-down season. I think you and I talked about this a lot last year. That Like, he had that one stretch there for, what was it, like a month, two months, where he was – scary bad kind of like he wasn't just wasn't making any shots and he, he wasn't doing a lot um assuming that at 24 he can level out his production a little bit i think we could easily see him be a top 50 player again too um here's the other issue with maybe that top 50 range is there's a lot of guys right in that general range where it's going to come down to a lot of coin flips you know yeah. did you make two or three extra shots to make that top 50 oh you missed those shots oh you're now 55th ranked um, so, but these guys both are fine, and even if you want to even pick them in the top fifty, I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, I'm feeling more confident about those two. Uh, there's a kind of, a kind of a few guys I'm feeling more confident about in this kind of. If you're uh, checking this out on Patreon.com/slash Watching the Boxes, this would be like tier five. Um, perhaps Richardson should be a tier four player uh, after this uh, preseason, uh, in my opinion. But uh, there's a couple guys that I, I've really been impressed with. I think uh, we we're already on Chris Dunn, and I think more people, more and more people, are getting on Chris Dunn as every time we put out a podcast because we talk about him. Literally, I think we've talked about him every podcast for the last ten podcasts. Uh, I'm still I'm still on board. I'm still very on board with Chris Dunn after seeing him play for uh, a Bulls team that does uh, does not play any defense whatsoever. Uh, but I wanted. To, uh, Instead, talk about uh, two rookies, uh, Doncic and DeAndre Ayton. Tyler, uh, you, you follow Doncic very, very closely. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has also uh, impressed everyone this preseason. 
Are, are any of these guys uh, breaking into some as someone you should be drafting in the in the top like 50 60 at this point? Um so bold prediction number two for me for the day. I wow. have ten. I have ten. I'm willing to yeah, share with you. Ten bold predictions. That's a lot of predictions. Um, so number two, uh, Doncic finishes as a top forty player this season. Wow, all the way Doncic. That's so. That's that is a bold prediction. Um, so Doncic is huge. The Mavericks are invested in playing playing him and playing him. And letting him be their best player. Uh, I listened to, did, I don't know if you heard this or not, ESPN put out a Western Conference preview podcast, and Tim McMahon is on it. Uh, Tim McMahon covers the Mavericks and the Rockets for ESPN, right? He's kind of their Texas man. And he said that not only people with the Mavericks, but there are like executives in the league who think Doncic is the second best passer in the NBA behind LeBron, like wow. non point guard division. Yeah, right now. Already, well, that's a little, that's a little, it's a little much, but all right. But you know, the fact that someone's even saying it is pretty impressive, right? Like, you know, if, if everybody's saying it, it's got to be true. You've heard that expression, right? Well, at least some people are saying it. Uh, the Mavericks just want to put this guy in positions to succeed, they, they're encouraging him to score a little more. They're, he's gonna rebound the ball, he's the starter who's gonna play with their second unit. So he's going to kind of get opportunities to show out, I think, with that in that second unit group even more. Uh, I just think he's going to be really good, and he's really skilled, and he's just really fun to watch. I mean, uh, so there's a, a bold prediction. Um, I don't know that it'll come true, but I, I think it's got a it's got a good shot. And as far as Aiton, g- good for fantasy and good for real basketball may may depart. For DeAndre Ayton, but I think he's going to be good for fantasy. He just seems like he's going to get rebounds and score and probably block some shots. Uh, he's not going to shoot threes, I don't think. That's not something I've seen, at least in this preseason, that he's going to try to fire away from deep. He but, doesn't have that shot. He is not like like Wendell Carter Jr., Jaron Jackson Jr. They have that shot. They might not have thrown it out that often, but they have that shot. Uh, Mo Baba certainly doesn't have that shot, and uh, Aiden doesn't either at this point. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when Devin Booker plays. Like, they're feeding Aiden a lot right now. Do they feed him as much with Devin Booker? Well, it feels like Devin Booker might be the one feeding him because they do not have a point guard. doesn't look like they're trying to get a point guard. Pretty sure – my bold prediction is – I don't think this is a bold prediction – Devin Booker is going to be a top five point guard this season. Oh, so I went with a Devin Booker bold prediction myself. I said Devin Booker finishes in the top 15 this season. Wow. Per game. He's a per game top 15 player. That is a bold prediction. So, yeah. So take that for what it's worth. Both Uh, on Devin Booker. The injured Devin Booker were both on him. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think I just think he's real good and he's real skilled. And it's been, you know, there's been very few guys who at his age have scored as many points as he has. So, um, true. Yeah, um, real deal. Let's get to a few teams that we were kind of uncertain of. And uh, maybe the preseason has clarified that a little bit. I think for the Orlando Magic, it is clarified for me uh, very quickly that the one, they're really bad, they're not a good team at all. Oh, was that a, was that a question? No, that wasn't a question. But like, oh. I didn't think they would be like 
worse than the Bulls and the Hawks, but they they might be. Ooh, no, I don't know about the, that. The bold go- prediction, uh, the Orlando Magic finished behind the one of these two teams, the Bulls or the Hawks. The Bulls, I could see. The Hawks, I'm not going to give you that, man. From- uh, Trey Young looks like... Yeah, well, and and the Magic, man, have no point guard. And if they have some injuries, they could be running out the worst team in the league. I'll give you that. So a lot of it will come down to health. But if if you did the simulation with everyone relatively healthy, right, like, okay, obviously everyone's going to miss like five, six games, but everyone with relative health, I think the Magic finished better than the Hawks. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to make the prediction that the Magic finished behind – the Atlanta Hawks and the Chicago Bulls. How about that? That's my bold prediction. That's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. I'll give you it. It's pretty bold. The they look like absolute garbage town and Orlando once again those magicians out there. I think I've already gotten uh, uh, veiled threats on Twitter for uh, dissing the Orlando Magic. Uh, <laughs> here I am again, just throwing them into trash town. Um, these magicians are um, going to heavily rely on their they're consistent players. And so a lot of people were are out on Vujovic, who had a, oh. pretty much a, a really stellar first half last year, hitting three. You want to hear my, my Vujovic prediction? Oh, you want to yeah. Before go you right, go. Go right ahead. Uh, Vujovic finishes as a top 35 player this season. That's a good prediction. Um, I might I might double up on that. I, I think that's a pretty good one. Uh, per game, I would go with that. Vujovic is because the Magic are so bad, they're going to have to play Vujovic 29, 30, 31, 32 minutes. And if they do, he is a top 40 player. Yeah, here's, so, the, here's the secret. It's yeah. not really that bold of a prediction. Last year in 29 and a half minutes per, per game, per game rankings, 29 and a half minutes, he finished 35th in 8-cat, 27th in 9-cat. And go. this team's probably worse and probably needs him more. Uh, obviously, there's a new coach, so that could change up the dynamic there a little bit of what what Vucevic does. But um, if you look on totals, right? So I don't think totals, so. I think played, they're going to want to win games, or at least try to stay in games. And I think well, that's how they're going to for for change. I didn't mean that as a bad thing. I mean, like Vucevic could play 31, 32, 33 minutes, like we had seen in the past, which is a po- positive change, not negative. A uh, positive correlation there. Uh, so Vujovic last year on totals, 57 and 60th. Uh, the two years before that, he was inside the top 50 on totals. I just think Vujovic is going to have a real good year. He's probably going to – they're going to need him to score more, right? If he got back to like that 18 points a game that he had scored in 15, 16, I wouldn't be that surprised. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. Um, Aaron Gordon hasn't terribly blown me away, so I, I kind of kept him steady on that team. He just kind of looks like he's Aaron Gordon. Uh, still young enough to to make maybe make a leap, but I'm certainly not going to bet on it uh, this year. Let's go over to the Knicks. And check oh, out I'll, I'll say this too about sure. about the Jonathan Isaac, right? That hype train got a little hot. Oh, then... I for, completely forgot about Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, don't draft Jonathan Isaac outside of like the last round or two. If you're yeah, drafting that... him in the top seventy, you're throwing a pick away. He's not going to play that much, guys. Well, and he hurt that ankle, the same one that he hurt last year and missed a ton of games. He hurt it already again this year. Also that. Um, so, yeah, you have a good shot of just wasting that pick if you're picking him 
in the top 50, even in the top 100, I think you, you're kind of just maybe throwing that away in the sense that the minutes aren't, don't seem like they're going to be super high and the health doesn't seem super good. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, one guy I do think uh, has bumped up in my rankings who I think should be draftable in all leagues is uh, Kevin Knox for the, the Knicks. Ooh, he, ooh, he, ooh. He, I think my bold prediction is that he will be the top 100 player this year. Oh, all right, cool. We're going to go against each other on this one. I'm excited. Okay, go right ahead. Do you have a, do you have a prediction? I, I do. You're going to love this and hate it all at the same time, which I'm excited for. Okay. Derek Rose ranks ahead in per game value of both Colin Sexton and Kevin Knox. Well, I'll give you Colin Sexton because I don't think he's very good. Uh, this is a very loaded prediction. This is a great prediction, actually. I'm I'm impressed by the <laughs> level of strategy here because you have Tibbs, who loves Derek Rose. You have the Jimmy Butler situation, which reached, uh, reached peak Twitter uh, trending today as he uh, purposely came into uh, into camp, bitched everybody out, beat everybody's ass on the court, then talked more shit, and then went on ESPN to talk about it. Like, it was completely orchestrated, for sure. And you know what? Respect to Jimmy Butler. Like, that guy's a man. That guy's a top 15 player in the league. And if you are – if you're Carl Anthony Towns – and you're not going to do something about it. You are soft, and you are Dude. basically you shouldn't. Uh, Jimmy should get to say where he's going if you're that soft. Why would he want to play with Cranley Towns if Cranley Towns is is isn't going to do something when he's his whole entire career is being called out at this point? The best part of that whole thing that he said. Did you hear his quote about the the best player on the team and the player with the most God given talent, and then him? Yeah, I mean, he's that's a. I, I didn't even think that was. No, I was like, dude, people I were like, "Oh left. my god!" I was like, "No, that's just true." No, Carl Anthony Towns has way more God-given talent than Andrew Wiggins. Come on, now, Andrew Wiggins has a lot of God-given talent. Don't get me wrong, but Carl Anthony Towns is a, a unicorn, man. He's a freak, and he literally said, "Cat is the best player we have, and Andrew Wiggins has the most God-given talent." And I'm like. I don't think so, Jimmy. I don't think so, man. Honestly, if you like, he he nailed it that he's probably the hardest worker on that team. Like, I mean, we've seen he's that. Definitely the hardest worker on that team. Um, Derek Rose is probably the second hardest worker on that team. Well, I, I, I'm not going to touch Derek, that one. Derek Rose works his ass off. That guy should have been out of the league six years ago. He's 30 years old and still playing. But anyways, back to the prediction. So the the thing that's going to hurt Kevin Knox is what kind of steel block numbers are we going to get there? Like, they weren't very good in college. I don't no. think we've seen anything that's going to help him in but that he's category. he's going to play a lot. The, the, the stat that I'm looking directly at is his minutes per game, and there's just no reason to not throw this guy out there night after night. Um, I'll take that, but I uh, for, for Knox, you know, I think Knox is going to finish ahead of Derek Rose. I actually think he's going to be a top 100 player. Well, I mean, that's not bold. He's a young all, talent. But, but the top 100 thing is pretty bold. I'll, I'll give you that. That's pretty bold. My worry is, and this is one, this is my thought process behind it, right? The tips thing went into it, right? Butler, or yeah, Butler. Rose could just get a ton of minutes with tips. The, the problem for me is like, even in 32 minutes for Knox, Right, which 
do we really usually see rookies play more than that? Like not, not usually they get in foul trouble in certain games. They sure. shoot bad and the coach benches them just a teaching moment type deal. Um, sure. He probably scores what, like 13, 14 points a game, but okay, there yeah, could, 14. there could be like pretty good rebounder, probably less than a steal and like three threes. block. You know what I mean? Like, you got to hope that he gets assists if he's not going to steal and block. And I just don't see more than like two, two and a half. So that's just not somewhere I'd go. All right. I'm, I'm going to disagree. I think if you want a last pick, Knox could be one of those last picks that you take. I'm saying don't pick any of the three. I guess that was my point too. Is That, that is um, like, that, that is fair. I think uh, if you want to find somebody else, feel free, but I, I, I would disagree that I would say Knox is going to be ownable in standard leagues. Uh, what I can't figure out about this next team, actually, here's two things. What I I cannot figure out why people are still avoiding Enos Cantor. Is is like twenty points and twenty rebounds good? Because like that's a stat line he got oh. not not just in preseason but last season as well. The guy is a monster, and well, against we, certain teams, he's going to destroy them. We talked so, about them. Being under like him being underrated, underrated all last season, you know what I mean? Like he was underrated all last draft season too, and I think a lot of it is he doesn't block shots and people get scared. Although they they love Kevin Love, which doesn't make any sense because yeah. Kevin Love doesn't steal or block. So I mean, it's just like it's I one of those scared. selective biases, I think. Um, Certainly is, um, and the the secondary thing this year too is I think people get hyped on Mitchell Robinson. They saw the summer league stuff and they're like, "Oh man, he's taking Enos Cantor's job," and it's like. Yeah, let's all settle down on that, Mitch Robinson. If you want me, here's a Derek Rose will finish ahead of Mitch Robinson. That's not bold. I don't think that's, that's not bold, bold at all. It's not bold at all. But for some people, they I think they might have just shut the podcast off. <laughs> so uh, they they might be so pissed about that bold prediction. Uh, we might we might not ever get them back. Feel free to tweet at me at Watch the Boxes uh, on that take. But here's the take I cannot figure out. Who are the Knicks playing at point guard? I haven't figured it out yet. I, I, I honestly think it's going to be one of those situations where they they mix it around. You know, they play Nilakina some good minutes one night. They play, you know, Trey Burke one night. They play, you know, like I, I think that's the way it is the whole season. I don't think – I think it's one of those you add, you drop type situations if you're owning that in a deeper league. And in a standard league, I'm probably not super interested in any of the three. If you want to take a last pick on the guy you think is going to start, cool. Uh, don't ask me who I think that is because I don't think any of them are really all that valuable. Are you getting hyped about um, the any any other performances in preseason? Miles Bridges, um, Harry Giles. Uh, don't hype yourself on a king. That that's gonna end. That's forward. for sure. That's that's great advice. Um, just because I mean he. So did did you see this that he already basically announced the starting five and Marvin Bagley, Harry Giles are not part of that. And yeah, no, I mean, is, is Zach Randolph part of it? I don't believe so. I think it's Colley Stein and Scalabissier. I have to I have to check uh, this. The Twitter, the Twitter. Willie Stein is is a nice uh, big Willie Stein is someone I would target in those last rounds if you want a big. He's moved up in my rankings based on this preseason. 
at, and he looked good last year. I thought just the the minutes get crazy because there's going to be nights where he's going to play Costa Kufis and you know he's just going to jack it all up. All right, Tyler. I know you had a lot of bull predictions. Um, let's uh, let's at least get one or two more. Let me let me hear them. I want to. You said you had ten, which is quite it's quite too it's too many too many oh, bull it's predictions. Too many. In my opinion, it's all too right. many. I had like three, and you heard them all. Okay, well, uh, I got. I'll run. I'll run through them. So, um, you want? Yeah, give bo- give me your like three best ones that we haven't talked about. Well, I think there's only like three or there's only four we haven't talked about. Five, five we haven't talked about. Uh, give me one. Give me one. I'll just throw right out there real fast. I don't know that it's that bold, so I'll just say it. Javale McGee is the top 100 player this year. Ooh, okay, yeah, that is something I did want to talk about. That Lakers team. Um, Rondo is going to start, so like I feel like he's a great player to own early in the season and just get stats out of, win a few weeks, uh, or get a few quality starts, get your assists up. Uh, and then JaVale McGee, we, we've talked about it a, a couple times on the podcast. He's their only center, right? So top, top 100 is not out of the question. Yeah, right. I think he's just going to play the the amount of minutes required to for him to be top 100 he's real good per minute and he just has not been playing a whole ton in the last couple years and i think he's finally going to get like 20 minutes a game and that's going to be enough to push him into the top 100 so i mean i don't think there's a lot to say about that i just think that's that's kind of where it falls um so there's that one okay that's a, i think that's a solid one um okay, okay I, so I think we're well, both on the same page there the last four are pretty fun okay okay give me just go one at a time i want to talk about each one Okay, so um, I'll go with the, the least hot take one, at least I think, uh, first. So Kyle Anderson scores 12 points a game with six rebounds, three and a half assists, 1.6 steals, and a block. Okay, that's not crazy. There right? really isn't. I mean, like I, I like Kyle Anderson a lot. And, and that's a top 50 player, <laughs> probably. Pretty darn close, right? I mean, you're talking good assists, good rebounds, good steals, good blocks. Points get up to okay level. That's pushing toward the top 50. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just real big on Kyle Anderson. I think he's going to be real good this year. Um, not a ton to say about that one, though. So, okay. Yeah, I'm, I, to say. I'm, I'm in agreement. I think he should be drafted. Everybody, don't overlook him. Okay, so this one you're not going to love, but I'll say it. Uh, Nick Nick Batum returns to the top 50 this season. All right, just, I'm out. I'm out on that one, Tyler. I just think they need his scoring. They're going to need and, – and here's the reality. Other than last year on totals – the year before, 38th in eight cat leagues, 44th the year before that, 65th the year before that. And then he had that stretch where he was real good in Portland, where he was like 19th, 20th. I think he had a bad year last year, but so much of that was tied to that injury and just not playing as many minutes. I think he gets the minutes back this year up to like the 32, 33 range, and that pushes him right back into the top 50. Listen, if he can stay healthy, those are totals, too, right? Not, yeah, this is not as crazy as it sounds if he can stay healthy. Nick Batum is currently being drafted at the 80th spot. That's too low for just, just in general. That's just too low. Um, yeah, he's definitely being overlooked. But yes. I think you're, you're a little too bold for me. But he's definitely being overlooked. All right, fair. Uh, so that's where I'm at on that one. All right, so you want the positive one or the negative one last? I want the positive one last. Okay, so 
So the negative one, Donovan Mitchell finishes outside the top 30 this season. Uh, Bye. I'm in on that one. And the theory theory is is that he's never finished in the top 30. Right. And I mean, okay, he was a rookie last year, but like in totals in eight cat, he actually did finish in the top 30 last year, but he played 79 Mm -hmm. games. Yep. Mm, but in nine cat he was, is that eight he was cat? Four, yes. I don't in nine in nine cat he was forty first. Per game he was forty fourth and fifty fourth. So assuming some health from some other guys a little bit more this year, and assuming he doesn't take any quantum leaps forward, which I don't think he will. I mean, I don't think saying he's outside the top thirty is that crazy, right? I just told you per game he was forty fourth and fifty fourth. So the people picking him at like 17, I think that's a mistake. Yeah. I'd rather have Devin Booker and numerous other players, Kyrie Irving, Chris I Paul. Think, I think I'd rather have Bradley Beal than, than – I, I, I actually, I would say Bradley Beal's going to finish ahead of Donovan Mitchell. Dude, that's pretty bold. I'm going to give you that's pretty bold. I like it. I like that that's, call. Yeah, that's, that's my bold prediction. Okay. Um, I don't think it's that bold. So this one might be the boldest one I got. So this is good. We're going to end on it. You ready for this? Yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander finishes as a top 100 player after the new year and is fantasy's darling next season. Like, he's the player everybody wants. You're in. So, you, you've been watching. Have you been watching some of these Clippers games? Because, like, I have not. So, I don't, I don't really know what's going on I have. There. And they basically said that he's good. Okay. So, parsing Doc Rivers' speech, not always the easiest thing to do. He basically said that he's going to play significant minutes this year. He didn't quite go as far as saying he was going to start him, I, at least as of yet, I don't believe. But he he backed him that he was going to play significant minutes. I think, like most rookies, he's going to struggle for a little bit. Certainly. But then once we get to 2019, right, so the new calendar year, I think he's going to be real good. He's got real long arms. He's pesky defensively. And I think everybody's going to be on the Shea Gilgis Alexander next year. Right? Like they're all going to want to be picking him, and he's probably a little bit overdrafted. Yeah, I think if that, that's that's a pretty good prediction. I like that one. Uh, I don't think I'm going to own him really. Uh, he's probably a good guy to keep an eye on, though, considering his playing time. Um, one of the guys now that you brought up the Clippers, uh, Daniello Gallinari. Now let me. How do I? How do I want to say this? Because we've all been burned. If you haven't been burned by De- Daniela Gallinari, then this might be your first year playing uh, fantasy basketball. And if it is your first year playing fantasy basketball, I would suggest drafting Daniela Gallinari so you can enjoy what it feels like to have him playing at a top fifty level, and then get injured for the rest of the year. But not like not like out for the rest of the year, but then like is out two weeks, but then back for a week and then out two days and then back for one day, but then out for 20 games and then out like that's exactly what's going to happen this year. But Daniel Gallinari is falling really, really, really far in drafts and when healthy, Daniel Gallinari is is just worth he's worth owning. And I I feel like he's even going undrafted in, in, in some of these leagues because so many people have gotten burnt on him. I'm if he's around in your last three picks, I think you have three or four picks. You got to take him, right? 
So he's a little bit like Tyree Evans was last year. I keep making this comparison, right? That like everyone was out because he's always hurt and this and that. And then he was really, really good when he played last year. Uh, I'll say this, right? You look at, at nine cat per game value last five seasons, 91st last year, he shot the ball terribly. He was in and out of the lineup. He only played 22 games. Uh, 43rd, 45th, 79th, 47th. So three out of five years, he's a top 50 player per game. I think if you can get that at 120, 130, you you ride it till it till the wheels fall off, and then you yeah throw it away. <laughs> sell sell high or just get your quality starts out of them. Well, uh, and here's especially the, if you're in a roto league, like get the quality starts from like one of your bench players. He's gonna be a focal point of the offense. Um, and if you hear here's a bold if you want a bold prediction. Where is old Daniello? I gotta bring him up on my uh, list here. Daniello Gallinari, bull, bull predict. My last bull prediction will play seventy games this year. First time since two thousand thirteen. So five. He's gonna years. do it. He's gonna do it, everybody. Um. So here's the other thing I'll say happen. about Gallo too is no one's probably gonna buy him. And that's why I said you're probably going to end up like if he gets a real bad injury where he's going to miss like a month or two and you don't have the IR space, you're probably going to have to cut him. I just don't think anyone buys high on Gallo anymore. And it was the point you mentioned a little bit ago, like everybody's been burnt. So they're like, yeah, right. I'm going to give you something of value for this guy. And then two in two days, he's going to be out for the year and I'm going to get nothing. So I think selling him high is going to be very difficult, especially in a league of experienced players. So I think you just. You you ride it you ride it till you can't ride it anymore right till the wheels fall off you might as well um, those are all I mean those are all pretty good predictions Tyler I think we've seen uh, a lot of good basketball so far we got a week until the uh, less than a week actually until the season starts and um, for all you listeners out there uh, if you want to be one of the last people into one of our listener leagues go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes those drafts have been set the invites have been sent out to all you patreon subscribers out there shout out to all our patreon subscribers uh if you did sign up to join a listener league and you have not gotten an invite or have not responded to your invite um go ahead and contact us contact me at watch the boxes on twitter or contact tyler at tyler P Watts W A T T S or email us via patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Use the messenger on Patreon if you're a subscriber, and we will make sure you get into that that league. But the invites are out there, the draft times and dates are set. So this is your last chance to get in. Patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Go check it out. Tyler, do you have any uh, content coming out before the beginning of the season? Oh man, well, I'm gonna have a lot of Dallas Mavericks preview stuff um, for my other job. I probably won't have any fantasy articles out until uh, toward the end of week one. We will probably start with our who to pick up for week one. Uh, the reason I won't do one before week one is I just think if you drafted someone, you clearly believe in that player at least somewhat, and why cut someone you believe in? For somebody else that you maybe believe in less, right? So like, don't don't let me 
I don't want you to ruin your sleeper because I told you to pick up this guy because he's got a good schedule in week one. If that's the guy you you were banking on to take the big leap this season, you picked him with like your last pick. Well, then I, I want you to see a week out of what he's going to do. Yeah, you got to trust your uh, process, just like the 76ers did. You got to do it. Yeah, right. And we'll see a lot of some random stuff in that first week, and I'm sure I'll be writing about that too. Don't don't go crazy because I don't know. Name a random player who could drop fifty. Oh, well, we'll, Bradley we'll Beal, be Clay Thompson. You know what I mean? Don't 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 be put him in the first round. Out here, <laughs> preaching what we always preach. Uh, we'll be doing shows basically uh, for opening opening night. We'll try to get that out there as soon as possible. Uh, real opening night, and throughout that week, uh, the first week, first few weeks are really really, really important. Uh, if you are new to fantasy basketball, you might not know this. All you veterans out there, you of course know. Um, the two rules of the first weeks of, of actual basketball is one, do not panic. Do not sell uh, the guy who had the, your superstar who had two or even four bad games in a row to start the season. Do not panic. And on the flip side of that, do get aggressive on the waiver wires and pick up guys who are coming, uh, even if they're just uh, having a four-game hot streak, who knows? It might be a, a Donovan Mitchell situation. So um, I'll say this just real quick, and I'll probably yeah. say this 54 times before I'm sure the, end of the, next, sure. the end of the next month. Sure. Um, if this happened in January, would we have noticed? If this was a two-game stretch, a four-game stretch, a five-game stretch in the middle of January, would we have even really noticed? I think the answer to that question a lot of times is no. So it's just, we we notice now because they're the only stats we have. So we're trying to crunch all these numbers and right. That's all we have. We don't have the other 30, 40, 50 games to go on when those would happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think for a lot of players, they, they lose week one or the guy that they will, you know, put a second or third round pick on uh, looks terrible. And they're like, wow, I just blew my entire draft guys. Fancy basketball is a, marathon it is not a sprint um so stick with us we're gonna have a few more preseason uh podcasts out there for you to uh prepare for your drafts this weekend it's your the final weekend of uh drafts and then we're on to some real basketball so congratulations everybody and if you like what you're hearing rate review us check out the patreon we'll be back soon thanks for joining us